Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. We're back in person again for another week because I think we kind of have to make the most of it whilst we can. I know it's weird. We're actually doing a second podcast episode in as many weeks, and we haven't done that in, I'd say, 25 years. Let's just go daily in bank so that we've just got months. I think actual good podcast hosts do that. Yeah, they'd sit there and they'd go, listen, we're going to be away for a couple of weeks. Let's do a few and just drop them out. That's it. We're like, oh, people can wait. Well, it's funny. when I interview- Who's going somewhere? Right. I interviewed Marathon Training Academy uh, last year or two years ago, and I put out the episode, and Trevor was like, dude, that was fast. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, normally we we record a podcast and then we put it out like six weeks later or something because we have so many in the bank. I was like, yeah, we don't do that. No, here. we don't do that. We bring, <laughs> we're just-in-time delivery folks. Yeah, we're exactly. Like, you know, as soon as we can find something to talk about it, we're desperately getting in a room together and chatting. C-O-D, man. Yeah. Cast on delivery. I just made that up. It's nice. Good for me. Yeah. So that explains why you got nothing for the last two months as well. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. In our eyes, nothing happened. Nope, yeah. nope. But we're back into it. We're back Indeed. into semi-regular training. Uh, Andrew's got his ultra marathon uh, only two months or so away now. Yeah, So yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about that. And I lost a toenail. That's my update. Nice. I, well, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm back to three black toenails. Yep. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm well on my way to the full set. Yep. No, it's good. My wife is going to go get a pedicure tomorrow yep and i said i should come and get you know 10 percent off because i've only got nine toenails well, at this point it's a good point so yeah, yeah. there you go i i used to get pedicures but then i was like do you know what there's no point anymore because there's not much they can do yeah except for paint them a different color yeah than exactly black. <laughs> so. yeah. oh so how is the training going i, I I'll, i'm doing no training at all right now so i have well, that's good to you you need some time um, off i'm happy i'm glad yeah. to have some time off yeah i'm gonna get back into it next week i think but yeah how about you how's the ultra training going it's going well uh you know i'm, I'm doing a lot of good things uh with it so uh starting a couple weeks back uh, you know I've, I've decided that i'm going to do basically two long runs a week oh. so basically there's sunday which i'll do and then and then tuesday ah uh, sorry Saturday or Sunday I'll do, and then Wednesday I'll repeat, so in, in a different fashion. So in other words, say if I do 15 kilometers on Saturday, easy, I'll do 15 kilometers on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but with a skill or some uh, some kind of um, alteration. If I do 20 the next Saturday, then 20 on the next Wednesday, and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So I'm doubling up on those times, so I'm doing one long run easy, one long run with a skill. So last week, I basically did... <laughs> I went I went out Saturday, and it was like 30 degrees or oh, something. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, it was nuts. And the wind. And yeah, it was yeah. gross. I went out for a 15-kilometer run. I got 50, uh, five kilometers in. I was like, do you know what? I will finish this tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I went. I did my five kilometers, which was crazy hard because it was so hot. Yeah. Then the next day, I did eight. Well, I did seven, and then I finished up with a one-kilometer walk with, a, with an incline on the treadmill with a 30-kilogram uh, a 20 kilogram sandbag on my back, right. which I've been doing that at the end of most of my weight workouts. So basically after my strength workouts, I'll get on the treadmill, put on a 20 to 30 kilogram sandbag, set the incline to anywhere from eight to 15% and just walk for a kilometer. Wow! So at the very least, I know at the end of the week, I'm getting between four and six kilometers with quality ascent. Yep. Uh, it's not descent, but that's what the UEs are for. Yep. Um, today, I got through my 15-kilometer uh, run. Great. Uh, so the skill, so I did a bit of a skill. So when I say skill, I just mean adding some 
flair to it. So today, I let the... Jazz hands. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I let the music uh, oh, okay. dictate my pace. So, in other words, uh, if, it was a, if it was a pumping song, I ran a little faster. If it was mm. an easy, like, slow instrumental, I'd run a little oh, slower. Oh, like a music-led fart lick. Correct. Yeah. So... You know, I was anywhere, like the pumping songs, maybe I'm running a 4.45 to a 5.15 pace. The, the slower songs, I'm running a 5.45 to a 6-minute pace. Mm. And so I got my 15 kilometers and I averaged about a 5.30 pace. And what that does, what that alternate pace does, it kind of as you accelerate and decelerate, it plays with your heartbeat. Yeah. Because as many of you know, in a race, even on a road race... You, you sometimes find that you have to speed up, slow down, depending on crowds. In a trail race, it's yeah. the same thing. So it's a really great way to train your heart rate um, because as you decelerate and then have to accelerate again, it's harder. It's harder, which is why, which is why, for example, if you do 400-meter repeats, running those at your 5K pace seems harder than an actual 5K because after the 400-meter repeat, you're bringing your heart rate right back down yep. and then needing to bring it back it's up like for the next... It's like revving a car up again every Correct. time. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's a hard thing. Um, and so that's what I've been doing. And it's been, it's been interesting. You know, I've had to really pay attention because I'm going a little bit uh, aggressively because mm -hmm. I've only got eight weeks. Yeah. But I've got to be smart about it. I've really got to li listen to my body. Like... Could I have done 15 kilometers out in the heat the other day? Sure. Should I have? Probably not, because it would have done more harm than good. It would have been out of it for three days after that exactly. hydration. And, you know, the dehydration and the electrolytes in your body would have been all over the place. Exactly. And to, even today, you know, I did my 15 kilometers, and there were a couple points where I'm like, oh, I'm feeling my, my ankle a little mm -hmm. bit. You know, that um, my I, I thought my IT band was going to flare up a little bit a couple Ks in, but it didn't. You know, I just kind of worked my gait a little bit yeah but i really i'm paying attention to that and you have to because you can't you can't push any more than you you should mm. i'd rather go into this this 50k slightly undertrained yeah than any amount of overtraining yeah uh because that's just that's yeah. not gonna be good it's gonna be a long day no matter what so yeah. if you're overtrained already if you're tired before you even get there exactly you know better off trying to find the mental reserves as exactly. you go exactly it's a really interesting segue into uh, an article we want to talk about today, which is from uh, the Marathon Handbook, uh, themarathonhandbook.com. It's by an author called Whitney Hines. Uh, it was only published a couple of weeks ago. It's called... I like how you had to look at your watch. I had to think about, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at that. I'm trying to work out the exact number of hours. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't do that maths in my head. Fair enough. Um, As a runner, I'm kind of yeah. disappointed that you can't. I can do that sort of maths in my head when I'm two hours into a long run. Yeah. Because at that point, you become the greatest mathematician. Oh, ever. yeah. you you yeah. down to the second. You know, <laughs> And that's what I was doing this morning, actually. I was like, all right, here's where I'm at. Okay. I, I've just finished this kilometer in 11.02. That mm. means in 1635, mm. that's my 533. I'm like... Yep. It's just weird. What I tend to do is when I have to do my tax return, I just do laps around the block. And after a couple of hours, then my wife comes out and starts handing me paperwork. You're like illuminated. At, at that point, I start carrying the one and, you know, yeah. working out where to hide it all. Um, back to the article that uh, Whitney wrote, which we <laughs> really, really like. Uh, it's called How Much Running Is Too Much? 14 Signs You're Running Too Much. Mm. Um, and it's... Honestly, when I saw that headline, I'm like, oh, it's a little bit clickbaity here. It's going to be 14 things. And there is a list of 14 things at the very end. But there's actually some really interesting points that this article raises about the amount of mileage that you do and how much mileage you should do right. and what the type of mileage is. Um, and, of course, the answer is 
It depends. It depends. You know, <laughs> that's always the answer. The answer is depends. But there's a couple of interesting things here which we're going to talk about and related to, I think, the journey you're going through mm. with your training. Right. Um, the first one, and this is probably an interesting one for you, uh, they pose the question quite simply, is it better to run more? Right. And the answer is, the more you run, the better you'll get. Right. Seems sensible. Seems sensible. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's a catch. Yes. There's always a catch. Mm. It's, you have to... You get to a point where you have to know your body because mm. you're going to find that there is a fine line. And not to throw mm. around a term that we have discussed mm. before, but there is a threshold mm. of just enough. Yeah. And then the fine line to pass that threshold into yeah. too much. Yeah. And you've got to be able to find that. And that is tricky. Yeah. And I think that's probably what you've noticed coming from a strength training background right. into now starting to focus a lot more on running in the last couple of weeks, mm. you're probably noticing that your running improvement is getting better noticeably week on week compared yeah. to when you were doing it as like a, a secondary thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, today was probably the first time in however long that mm. I've gone for an extended run outside in under a six mm. minute pace. Not that I needed to do like, I wasn't struggling at a six minute pace, but I decided to kind of, put the hammer down a little yeah. bit today and it was good like i noticed that just economy efficiency i was feeling pretty good like at the end of the run i didn't feel like i was done i could have probably gone more yeah uh which was yeah it's one of those things which is a dangerous thing because when you run and you notice those improvements what do you want to do you want to start running more <laughs> that's right and and that's the very next thing which says you know if you want to get better at running run you'll become more efficient at it but you can run too much mm. um, like anything more is not always better and so uh this is where that it depends come in yeah. there's a lengthy amount of things um that you know it depends on genetic propensity to continually adapt to greater amounts of running and the amount of running that a runner can physically and psychologically handle. Which is interesting that it, because this article does touch quite often on the mental side of it. It really it, does. Because it, it's not always just the physical aspect of it. You could be perfectly capable physically of going out mm. for a run, but sometimes your mind is just like yep. not having it. Yeah, and there's definitely a bit there which says a lot of it is to do with genetics. Like sure. some yeah, people yeah. have advantages with that, other people have the mental strength. Right. If you can get both going, you're, you're lucky. Mm. The, the thing I like about this article is it starts off quite generic, but then it gets a little bit specific. Mm. Um, here's a, so a runner running 30 miles per week will see improvements gradually if they increase their mileage up to 60 miles a week, increasing 10%. And backing it off every four weeks, which is something we've spoken about before. That deload week. That deload yeah. week. Every four weeks, do a deload week. And they're saying that you should, if you do that and you increase up to 60 miles a week, and then you're still seeing performance gains, and performance gains would be, I guess, getting faster over long distances or being able to recover faster, um, then you don't need to increase your mileage any further. Right. They've kind of landed at about, you know, 60 miles a week is around about the sweet spot, 60 to 70. Um, if you run more than 70 miles a week, you might improve your economy, but at that point, the injury risk. That's right. Then you, you get into that diminishing returns yeah. Uh, area. Yeah. And, and, and they've looked at it and they've gone, the maximum training volumes that humans can undertake is between 75 and 120 miles per week. Right. So that's a way of going that if a human being can handle between 75 and 20, but they're saying in this, you know what, 60 miles is around about the sweet spot. You don't have to worry about those extreme people, those ultra marathoners who are running 180 kilometers no. a week. 
That's just, they're, they're the 1% of the 1%. That's right. For your average person, we're talking about somewhere between, I don't know, it feels like between 60 and 100 kilometers, mm. somewhere in that range. Which is kind of, and that's mm. always been sort of mm. my mindset. Like, Well, not always. I mean, it used to be, oh, let's get up to 100, 100, mm. 100. 100 was always. But it's now, a round number. Yeah, it's, it's a round a number. It's like one of those yeah. things where it's like, oh, milestone. Yeah. But when you kind of really look at it, say if you're training for 50K, you're going to be running 50Ks. Mm. There's not really a necessity to run more than that yep. during the week. Yep. I mean, granted, you're going to do 50K in a day, but really, how much more than that in an entire week do you really need to run? Yeah. You just really, at the end of the day, it's time on legs. Yep. It's moving the legs. It's, yeah, it's um, like for me, <laughs> I am not really worried if I don't get up to a high number on my long day past yep. say 30 yep. because I have a lot of time on legs like today yep. I did my run and then I literally walked around all day yep. um, with my with my deliveries and everything or just walking on a treadmill like you don't have to pound it so hard yep. so often I mean you know again that doesn't go for everybody but yep. exactly um it's, it, and I think the point you make there, they echo in this article here, is the advice is for runners to think about time spent running instead of mileage. Mm. Since the body doesn't know what mileage you are running, but it does know the time spent running. Depending on how well trained you are, 75 to 90 minutes should be the cap of a daily run. Mm. And it doesn't matter how long you run during that 75 to 90 minutes. How far you mean. Exactly, right, how yeah. far you run. So um, a midweek workout can be slightly longer than that. So your long runs that you're doing midweek can be slightly longer than that, 75 to 90 minutes. Yep. And then your long run would be you know, 25 to 30% of your total mileage for the week. So you mm. sort of need to do some rough maths. But as a general rule, um, the advice is when you're trying to build up your running mileage, if you find yourself most days running more than 90 minutes, Unless it's your midweek long run or your long run, you're probably you're, running too much. You're probably running too much, yeah. yeah. I, I think that it, it is a really good idea for you to really look at your long, your, your, your running during the week. I would always recommend, if you're training for a specific event, yep. that 80% of your runs should be real easy, recovery, yep. zone two kind of stuff. And they don't need to be like 20, 30 minutes, like yep. if that. And your long runs, your quality runs, yeah, they can be a little bit different. But, yeah, you don't want to be spending that much time. Because if you're running, say, 90 minutes every day, that's yep. that's uh, 630 minutes a week. What's that in hours? Mm. That's like uh, that's like 10, 10 hours. 10 a bit hours. Yeah. And that when, when I've done my biggest weeks of running, when I've been like training for ultras, I've worked it out and I'm doing about 10... 11 hours. And that's at the peak of and your training. And that's at the peak. Yeah. That's at the Which lock. is a couple of weeks. Exactly. You do that for a couple of weeks and then start a taper. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're sort of finding yourself where that's your, you know, that's definitely something you could build up to. And remember, this article, folks, is from a website called Marathon Handbook. Yeah. This is not the sort of training that you would follow if you're doing a 5K or a 10K or something mm. like that. It would be way overcompensating. We're talking right. about people who are wanting to run marathons to 50Ks or so forth. Um but I think, you know, if you're running for an hour 15, an hour and a half a day, you're going to be doing probably about 15 kilometers in that time, somewhere in around about that range. Average, yeah. Multiply that by seven days a week, you're at 100Ks pretty quickly. Yeah. 100Ks weeks are not easy. Right. It's hard to find the schedule. 
squeeze that, it and in. that's the thing yeah like there are there are there is type a uh, type of running say zone mm. two like we talk about zone two is right mm. you can probably run like that every day pretty far and be able to recover yeah but it's also a question of everything else mm. it's like do you really have an hour and a half every day that you want to devote to running that Maybe, but also you're going to get tired of it really quickly. And the point of running is longevity. It's like yeah. we want to run as long as we can and be in love with this process as long as we can. And I can tell you that 90 minutes every day forever is not going to it help. It starts to burn you out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like there is no magic number. Like, you know, it, how how fast you are possibly able to run depends on a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. How long you can possibly run depends on a whole bunch of stuff. How that all translates into goal time. So, for instance, you know, Boston qualifying time. How long do you need to run to qualify for Boston? It depends. It depends. <laughs> it, just, right. it, it all depends. And this is where it becomes really prone to the individual. They talk in this article about some people get injured when they run 30 miles a week. Other people can run 90 miles right. a week, no problem. But the second they take it to 95 or 100, yeah. that's when they get injured. And, and that's kind of like, it's an interesting thing because you and I are very much mm. like that. Like I, if mm. I did your mileage, would probably mm. not be able to do it. Yeah. But I can also probably do an event off of less miles. Yes. Because it's just, that's how my body works. You know, I, I've, and you can, you, you, can, you can certainly find people who do this. You're constantly seeing... How I train for a marathon on 10 miles a week or 20 yes. miles a week. It's possible. People do it. People do it successfully. Yeah. It's just, it's it's never a one size fits all. Like Zach can yeah. probably do 120 kilometers in a week and be fine. I probably do 60 to 80 kilometers a week before my body is starting to be like, calm down, dude. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do this. We're going to hurt you to stop you. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And I mean, when I think it, what it comes down to is, my 120 kilometers an hour, uh, 20, 120 kilometers a That's week. That's impressive. Is, yeah, otherwise it's pretty fast. <laughs> my 120 kilometer a week weeks, they're very easy yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah, and I'm probably not getting the quality mm. that I would be getting if I backed it down to 80 kilometers. Yeah. And, and I think there's a little bit of, you know, I definitely am guilty in the past of having been seduced by the 100 kilometer week. Yeah. Can you get a 100 kilometer week? Can you bang out 100 kilometer weeks? Can you do a 400 kilometer month? Like I've definitely fallen into that trap. And it's, it's made me stronger mm. because I've built up to it. And my body is at those points able to handle long, consistent runs. But it's also not easy at that point to do any sort of variation in the run. Yeah. If you then asked me to do a fast 5K or fast 10K, I wouldn't be able to do it because no. my body has just become adapted to that, you know, that longer run at a certain pace. Exactly. Like, and that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I am... I have been able to crack a sub 25k. For me, yeah. that's fast. Yeah. If I was training just simply easy long distance mm. all the time, every time, probably that wouldn't happen. Yep. Yeah. Sure. When you train long distance, it's your your time. You're going to get faster. Yep. Yeah. But you've also got to train speed to get that much faster. And when you're training that long, yeah. It's kind of like probably not a good idea to throw in too many speed workouts yeah correct it's mm. like if you want to get better at running run more mm. but be aware that once you start running more you start sacrificing stuff and so the quote from this article is whilst most runners and coaches agree that training volume is important training intensity is even more important in improving fitness and performance especially in highly trained runners the better question is not how much mileage is necessary or how much mileage is enough but when does running become too much 
and it starts to sacrifice your intensity. Mm. So if you can handle 100 kilometer weeks, but you can't get quality workouts in, yep. you're better off bringing it back and running less miles. That's it. Mm. And that's the thing is, you know, like you, <laughs> yeah. you, you just know that yep. when you want to go out and run fast yep. and you're, you, you know you have before, but you can't at the moment, it's like, well, something's off uh, yep. other than not training up to it because you've taken a long time off. But you've probably just been doing the wrong type of training or you've been doing too much of that training. Yeah. Because um, that, that's where, you know, you spoke about a couple of weeks ago that you had your, you know, you were building up over six weeks, then you'd do a deload mm. week, and then you'd swap the training around and you'd try different things. Yeah. And you were also cross-training a lot because you were trying to cross-train for strength and running Yeah, at the same yeah. Time. So it was, it was kind of nuts. Like, because... Be- <laughs> Because I, I, I wasn't able to complete sort of any training cycles <laughs> because my races just were canceled and postponed. And I was yeah. like, well, okay, I'm at a 30-kilometer run now. Mm. I'm supposed to be at a 42-kilometer run in a couple of weeks. But now the ultra is not for another three months. Why? Why? Yeah, and we spoke about don't just continue training at no. the same pace because that's just as bad. No, yeah. just switch it up. So mm. I started focusing on either speed or mm. just the cross-training. Um so you just got to kind of go with what what works for you. And then when you do decide to pick it back up, you got to remember, yes, your inside systems kind of like for me, my ins- my systems systematically remember that I've done long distance yeah. running, but I've still got to give my physical body yeah, the yeah. time to acclimate to that. Like I can't just go out and start running 30 kilometers because my body will just be like, you what, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> That's a chilling impression of an Australian sheep farmer Thank you. asking someone. I could have sworn I was right there. Um, <laughs> you I mean, can smell the sheep yeah. and the bullshit. <laughs> I mean, your body, um, if, you're, if you've done it before, I mean, yeah, we all know the 10% rule is the first rule we throw out the window. Oh, yeah. um, but your body will remember if you've done something like that before mm. and help you come back a lot faster. Otherwise, uh, your body will also give you signals that it's doing too much. Right. And that's where overtraining syndrome comes in yes. which um i didn't really i should have realized this overtraining syndrome or ots um is a, a prolonged and unexplained decrease in sports performance and fatigue i didn't know that it had a name no like i just call it i feel don't feel like going for a run today yeah syndrome <laughs> like yeah <laughs> often i think that's when your watch turns around and says you know does your garment tell you that you're yeah. detraining yeah or unproductive yeah well right now oh. i'm productive but man alive dude when you when you you know and I'll say this to everybody who has a Garmin. When you do those easy runs yep. and your watch says negative four or negative oh. six, it pit, like be okay with that. Don't freak out. Like it's just a metric compared to some of your peak stuff. Like my watch is constantly telling me if I'm taking an easy day, you're negative two, you're yep. crap at running. Yep. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mine did that like three days after I finished the marathon. It was like, you know, you're unproductive. I'm like, no, I'm in recovery, watch. You know, I paid $1,000 for you. Shouldn't you understand what's going on here? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Keep talking. I'll be right back. We've lost a dog, folks. Um, There was a dog in the room, and he's wandered off, and we're a little concerned about him. So, um, so yeah, so this is a really good article. A reminder again, it's from the marathonhandbook.com. It's called... uh, well, it's called an article's name, which in the article's name is How Much Running Is Too Much? Uh, 14 Signs You're Running Too Much. So let's get to those 14 signs you're running too much. Sorry, I'm back. I just wanted to make sure he didn't go into the room with all my super suits in them. Oh, and try them on? Yeah. 
Yeah. My 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 biggest nightmare, my worst nightmare is that he's going to go in there <laughs> and destroy every he wouldn't because he's not that kind of dog, but I'm just like, you know, those suits are like expensive. Yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> so so Andrew, I'm going to read to you the 14 warning signs that you're running too much. Yes. And you tell me which of these have you experienced not specifically just in general life. Yep. But in response to, you know, you've come off a, a hard training run or session yep. or something like that. Number 1, you aren't hungry. Rarely, but it does happen like sometimes at the especially end of a long run when you just don't feel like eating yep. and you're holding a lot of water. Yeah. 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 But I mean generally no, just cuz I've always like really liked food. Yeah, generally when you when you're training well, you're looking forward to food and you're looking mm. forward to eating. You're not sort of pushing it away. Right. So, yeah. Two, you have a low sex drive. That um that uh just drive in general. Sometimes yeah. when you're overtraining, like certainly when I was cutting, uh, really shredding and really training mm. hard, slash long distance running. Mm. Um, sure, yeah, you 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 find that drive in general motivation mm. things just kind of are yeah in hibernation mode. I find having to wake up at four thirty in the morning to go for a long run, yeah. um, and which means you're in bed at like eight o'clock the night before, really kills the opportunity for romance. Yeah, well, that, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can I can attest to that. When you have to get up early, that yeah. sucks when you have to go to bed early. Yeah. Um, here's one. Your performance is declining or plateauing despite feeling like you're training hard. Absolutely. Yeah. That has happened. I would dare say that you would say that to a runner and they'd, they'd say at least half a dozen times it's happened i'm working hard why aren't i seeing improvement yeah yep. yeah it's it's, a, it's and that's a hard pill to swallow and mm. when you're not seeing improvement the last thing you want to do is stop yep. and recover you want to push it harder and harder and that kind of can make things worse. exactly you, yeah. you make it worse by trying to fix it yeah um number four you're unusually fatigued uh sometimes i don't generally get fatigued i get I get tired. I, I, I look at being tired and fatigued as something different. Mm. When I'm fatigued, everything's just yeah. m brain fog, tired, all that stuff. It has happened. It has yeah. happened, but it's rare. The body does adapt. One, again, when you're training, and it doesn't matter if you're training 40 miles a week or 70 miles a week, when you're training and you're on top of things, you won't actually feel that tired. Mm. You know, your body will just get into this routine where it's like, hey, this is what I'm yeah. used to. It's, it's once you tip over that point, yeah. that's when the body starts to let you know. And that's when it's hard to get back. Like, yeah. it's really hard to get back. Once you've overflowed that system. Yeah, you need to give it time to flush it yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Number five, you feel sluggish in workouts. That's definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely has happened. That um, sluggish is probably, I'd say I've felt sluggish more often than I've felt fatigued. Yep. Uh, especially in specific workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Number six, you're having a tough time sleeping. That I've not ever dealt with. Uh, I am very good at sleeping. Yep. I'm advanced sleeper. Worldwide, where would you say you are in sleepers? I'd say top ten. Top 10% or just top 10? Top 10 out of the 7 billion people on the planet. Wow, that's or impressive. Eight, so there's maybe nine people are better sleepers than you are. No, I'm thinking I'm number one, but I'm trying to... Okay, you're just trying to you know, give the others a hope. Okay. Erin's yeah, constantly like not... She's like, how is it that you can go to bed <laughs> and I'm sitting here just like looking at you sleep and you're irritating me mm. by doing nothing? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm just like easy to sleep. 
my, I say that I say I had such a hard night, time falling asleep last night, and my wife is like, "You were literally asleep in thirty seconds, like you were snoring in 30 yeah, seconds." Yeah, that's what Aaron says. Like, if yeah. I ever say oh, I didn't sleep too well last night, she's like, "Bullshit." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know when you're a good sleeper when it angers other people yeah. when other people get angry that you're so good at something yeah that's when you know you actually probably are in the top 10 worldwide yes yeah. cool um you aren't feeling recovered before your next run um yes that yes i've mm. felt that usually that goes away within the first kilometer yeah but i've had those moments where i'm just like oh is this a good idea and sometimes i won't go for it I'll, I'll i'll be smart and not go but yeah i i've i've felt that before but it, a lot of times it goes away once you get into it yeah um, i interpret that as different to you feel injured or you've hurt something yeah it's just you know sometimes you I, like i remember when i did the um uh, i did the 10 days of half marathons one mm. after the other and like by half marathon five or six i'm like oh man i'm i'm over this like yeah. i really don't want to so i wasn't really feeling that good from the last day but after a while, I got into this thing called active recovery, where the body went, hey, we're going to be running a half marathon every morning, it seems like. Mm. Let's start figuring that out. So yeah. I think it helps with the recovery. But if you start to, again, tip that over the edge, well, yeah, yeah you've got to try and pull it back. Um, hey, this will be hard to tell with you. Um, you're irritable. Shut up. <laughs> um, do you know, I think, yes, I think that has to do with uh, nutrition too. Yeah. If you're not... If you're not eating properly or if you haven't eaten in a couple minutes. Mm. Um, I've certainly felt irritable when I don't feel like training is going the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more irritable when I don't train. Yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah. the, the mental thing of That's you know, a good point. You know, self-meditation and stuff mm. when you go out for a long run. Yeah, yeah I hear that. Um, this one's very specific. I don't know mm. many people who would be able to track this. Uh, number nine, your resting heart rate is elevated by three to five beats more than usual. Yeah, I don't know. Like, my Who's resting heart rate is anywhere from a 45 to a 50, according to my gar mm. Garmin. Um, I know people like Andy. Andy's got, like, mm. a 40 or 39 sometimes. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. But mm. I've never really I've never really paid attention to my heart rate that much other than in training. Yeah. You know, if I, if I know I want to keep my heart rate below, say, 150 or something. Yeah. But not usually my resting heart rate, which is a good point. We should look at that. Yeah. Uh, again, Garmin measures everything else but that. Um, so mm. um, it gives me my last four. I'm looking at my Garmin now, and it gives me my last four hours. Yeah. I'm um, at 74 right now. I don't know yeah, why. me too. Nice. Yeah. Um, must be that coffee we had. Probably. Yeah. I think 50 was my low. Mm. Um, number 10, you're getting sick frequently. I don't get sick often, no. When I get sick, it's like... Okay, you now need a chest x-ray and um, or you've ruptured something in your hospital. I'm, I'm very one or the other. When I get sick, yeah. it's like I tell Erin I need a coffin. Yeah. 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 But she also sees that as fake mm. news. Um, 11, you're getting injured frequently. Uh, who isn't? Yeah. That's part of being a runner. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I again, I got my planter at the start of this year, and I don't think that was because of running too much. I think yeah. that was throwing too much other stuff in. Yeah. Um, so, again, you know, the, you don't need all 14 of these warning signs no, no. to be overtraining, folks. That's the lesson to take away. Because here's number 12. You have aches and pains. Yeah, and that's... The, the, and here's the thing about this list, folks. It's called being a runner. Right. Like, <laughs> you have to be careful with this list because this does Like, as a runner, you're always going to have... Something is always going to be bothering you. You're yes. always going to have some little niggle mm. or some little ache or some little pain... Mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're an injured person or that you need to stop. It just means 
you're putting your body under an enormous amount of stress mm-hmm. when you run. So you're going to have aches and pains. It's just like, it's like normal. My podiatrist, when I was, again, when I was coming back from the planter, he was, I was like, oh, it's really hurting. He's like, then don't train for an ultramarathon. Well, ultramarathons hurt. Maybe I'll find a different podiatrist then, yeah, exactly. Dr. Cracko. And he was joking because he, he's a runner himself. But it's mm. like you, you're going to have aches and pains. And also, don't confuse, oh, my muscles are sore because I've been doing a workout from, oh, now I'm overtraining. Right. Like, it, it's often, t- you know, there's lots of reasons to avoid overtraining. And mm. if you're a new runner, you want to listen to this and learn from it. If you're an established runner, chances are you've ignored all of these warning signs before and you're pushing past them. Also so, this podcast. Also yeah. this podcast yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, we're really starting to turn on this article. It started off so well and now we're just throwing... Now I'm just like, I'm just yeah. throwing shade at this article. Like 13, you feel unmotivated or burnt out on training. Now see, that's, that's more, yeah. yeah. Like when you get into the mental side of things, that's when you really want to pay attention to it too. Yeah. Like everybody's constantly focusing on the physical, but yes... When you feel unmotivated or burnt out, if you just feel like you don't want to work out or run or anything, you probably need a break. Or the other thing is maybe you just don't like that type of working yes. out or that type of training. And Try that's something different. Yeah, that's okay. Like not everybody has to run a marathon. Not everybody has to run a fast 5K. Not mm. everybody has to strength train the way that, you know, XYZ do mm. does. Um mm. Like, find whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you excited. And that's the thing. That's the, that's the key to longevity. Mm. With your nutrition and your training, find something that you enjoy. Because if you if you don't enjoy mm. it, it's yeah. kind of like, what's the point? And you can change. If you enjoy it today and you don't like it six weeks from now, we'll change it up yeah. and try something else. Exactly. Just remember the basic things about not going doing too much too quickly and not trying right. to become an expert in something. Um, and also be kind to yourself. Like yeah. some, Sometimes you wake up and you're like, I don't feel like running. And then that afternoon you beat yourself up. Because you're like, oh, man, I should have run this morning. Well, no. If you didn't feel like it, just don't let one day of not running become two days of not running become three days of not running. Mm. That's when you've got to look at, am I overtrained or am I avoiding? There's, there's other things yeah. that can happen there. And number 14 uh, of warning signs that you're running too much is you have a hard time focusing. Yeah, that's definitely. That's, that, that's kind of like that brain fog that I was yeah. talking about before. That is rare for me, uh, but it happens. Like, probably once in a blue moon yeah the article concludes by saying if you're experiencing any one of these 14 signs please see your doctor um or it's time to reduce your mileage or take a running break i don't agree with that no i, I yeah i don't agree with that i think that that's too extreme too extreme you'd never run if you took that literally. yeah no yeah. Uh, i i just i think it's hard to just sit up here in our mm-hmm. pulpit and say yeah. understand and know your body i mean it's hard. Like even I, you know, have been and I've been training almost all my life in some way or another. I'm I'm always kind of like I'm wondering what my body's telling me. Like I don't have it down to an exact science, but I know it well enough where if something's going on, I don't necessarily need to go to the doctor. I mean, yeah, I just don't agree with that. I think that's too yeah, it's too panicky. It's too black and white. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. running is definitely not black and white. Running, running is becoming comfortable in the grays. Mm. Yeah. The the white days are those days where you have just the perfect run and everything's clear. And yeah. and the black days are you don't want to run and you don't want to get out of bed and it aches. Mm. And those are the extreme days. That's it. And then the gray days are always in the middle. Yeah. And the gray days, I hate to tell y'all, <laughs> probably is the majority of where you're oh, going to sit. Yeah. Um, the white days are what make it worth it, mm. and the black days are kind of like, yeah, 
what you just have to muddle through and figure out. Once you, yeah, once you've had a black day, the grey days feel good. Yeah, because you know, yeah. as long as it's not the worst run you've ever had. That's right. You know. I mean, grey days are good. I mean, grey days are a win. They're just, I mean, they're just days that feel excellent. We've all, some of us have experienced, you know, that running high or being yeah. in the zone when it just feels easy. Yeah. That's not going to happen every time. And to expect it to set you up for failure. So yeah. get comfortable in that uncomfortable zone, but also understand where uncomfort turns into something that's going to cause pain, suffering, and leading to the dark side. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, so the big takeaway I'm going to take away from this article is that whole, if I'm doing more than 90 minutes in a particular day, and it's not my long run and not my midweek long run, chances are I'm probably just trying to do too much mileage for the mm. sake of mileage. Yeah. And I'm better off swapping some of those runs for something a little bit more intense. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah. I think that that's kind of what I would take away from it too. Because mm. I, I must admit, I fall into that trap. Okay, I'm training for this 50K. Just got to get kilometers in. Got to get time on legs, time on legs, time on legs, time yeah. on legs. And it's just like, let me just add some good things. Like, I don't need to do that. No. But how about let's just add every now and then... Uh, after, say, four out of my six strength training workouts, add an incline walk on the treadmill with yeah. some weight. Yeah. Just time on legs. It's real easy. It's not taxing anything. It's just getting my muscles used to going uphill. Yeah, and, and, and if you've just been doing running, 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 and now you're listening to this going, oh, well, I was running X hours a day. Mm. You're telling me I can only run 90 minutes a day. What do I do with the rest of that time? Cross-train. Yeah. Cross-train, cross-train, cross-train. Yeah. If you have three hours... Don't run three hours. Run a really good quality 90 minutes and then strength training, biking, yoga, stuff like that to strengthen everything around. Spend time with your family. So, or spend time with your family. That's <laughs> also an option as well. Interesting that you went yeah. right to extra training. Though. Well, you know, you're already, we've been in lockdown for a long time. I yeah. see my family a lot. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Right so on. anyway, good article. We turned on it a little bit at the end and bagged it, but I got probably more out of it yeah. um, than I would have. So yeah. worth checking out. The Marathon Handbook, um, which... Which websites do you tend to go to for most of your running advice? Uh, you know, it's just I, I've been looking a lot at YouTube. Yeah. Um, just different training styles, different. I I use YouTube to get motivated too. Like I'll watch mm. uh, this guy called Ah oh Man, the Barefoot Runner or the yeah. Bare Naked Runner. Or something. He's not actually naked, but he's this big guy, like a muscly guy, but he runs really fast. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, you know, the kind of basics: Runner's World, Marathon Training Academy. Yep. Uh, Breaking the Barrier. Yep. <laughs> I find. YouTube needs to bring... Did I see that they've got a YouTube short now? Yeah. Because every YouTube video now is like 18 minutes. Yeah. Like, I can watch an episode of Friends in that time. Yeah, most of, mm. my, most of my episodes kind of go anywhere from 8 to like 45 minutes. Remember when YouTube used to have like a 10-minute limit? Yeah, yeah. I also remember when YouTube didn't have ads. Yes. I'm actually really starting to think that paying for YouTube Premium might be worth it. Because yeah. there's so many ads Do you on know, now. I still remember the first time that I saw an ad on YouTube. And I was like, what in the hell? Yeah. I come to YouTube so I don't have to watch this crap. Same in the movie theaters when I yeah. go to see a movie. And it's like, the movie's going to start at 3 o'clock. But then you sit through a half hour of commercials for like phones yeah. and towns and restaurants. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then it's 3.30 and the movie's starting. You know what? I have a life. I have things to do. So we went to the movies on Sunday. We went to see Spider-Man. No spoilers. No spoilers. But it was that experience. We got there 20 minutes early. The queue to get tickets and collect popcorn and all that sort of stuff was out the door. Yeah. The movie was meant to start at 3.10. Didn't start till 4? Didn't start until like 3.40. Right, but my man. wife, so my, me and my daughter went ahead and got our seats whilst my wife and my other daughter got supplies. Mm. 
they literally turned up at like 3.35 and the movie still hadn't started. We were still watching trailers. And I'm sitting there going, you know how many people are going to be in the cinema at this time. You've literally sold them tickets. Mm. Or, hey, you know what? It's Spider-Man. The cinema's going to be 95% full. Why have you got two people serving popcorn? Yeah. Like, this is why movie theatres are not going to be here in well, just It just time. pisses me off because yeah. it's like, you know what? Uh, weird tangents now. Yeah. But you spend X amount of money on a ticket... And I'm like, I've spent this much money and y'all can only afford to have two people given out. Yes. First world problems, but still problems. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and Anyway, it's, <laughs> it's the movie is not a cheap experience to go to movies these days. Yeah. And yet, the service... It could be so easily avoided. Yeah. Like, put another three or four people on. They yeah. were making so much money yeah. in that cinema at that time. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. I, mean, I don't want them to go away cinemas because cinemas at their best are a great experience, but... Man, they're making it hard to love them. Oh, uh, yeah. And, mm. and I think the worst part about it is when there's not somebody in there mm. who's accepting the tickets and telling you what theater to go to. Mm. And sometimes the ticket says the theater to go to, it, but there's no person. I'm like, mm. you know, I could have just not bought a ticket. Yeah, and just walked Nobody's straight checking in. it. Not that I would do that. No. Anyway. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man's good. That was fun. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see it. I got to mm. see it. Uh, Aaron and I want to see that. Mm. Uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Um, Matrix. Matrix, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of good stuff. We we did get a chance to see No Time to Die, which was awesome. Oh, yep, yep, I saw um, that, yep. No spoilers, but I had that one spoiled for me hard, and I was pissed yeah, off. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. What's your moratorium on spoilers? Um, I feel it has to be a year. Do you know, I think it depends. It depends. TV on, shows are different. Yeah, well, I think it, yeah. I think it depends on what you're watching, what type of uh, thing it is. I think... You should wait at the very least until the thing is out of a majority of cinemas. Mm. Like if you're spoiling it the weekend of, you suck, you suck, yeah. you suck. If you're spoiling it two weeks after it's been released, you suck, but not as much. But I don't know, man. It's just also I, some of the some of the honus has to be on the people who haven't seen the movie. Like yeah, if, if you care so much that a spoiler bothers stay you, stay off of social media. Why? So that's what I did with Spider-Man. My daughter and I deleted Facebook, deleted yeah. Reddit, yeah. deleted TikTok. We got rid of all of them. Yeah. Um, it was a complete social media ban leading up until it. Yeah. Um, and this is for a movie which has had leaks all over the place yeah. over the last year and stuff. Yeah. And like, I, I don't expect people to hush-hush because I haven't gotten to the mm. cinemas. Like, you know, do I have time sometimes? No. Mm. And that, But that's not anybody else's problem, right? Yeah. But so if you want to avoid spoilers altogether, stay off social media. But also, like, don't be the guy that spoils it. Yeah. Like, a huge, huge spoiler. Don't be the guy that posts on Facebook opening weekend. It's yeah. not cool. Yeah. Um, because I will find you, <laughs> and I will complain to you a lot. Yes. On and the internet. Exactly. Where everyone, every man is free. It's where I, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anyway. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Well, uh, do we have anything else that we want to? No, I think um, a Merry Christmas or holiday season of your That's choice. Right. Happy Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and all those good things. Indeed. Uh, for people who are celebrating it, Happy we'll, Solstice. We'll probably be on a bit of a break for a week or so now as we do different stuff. Yep. Um, I'm off work from tomorrow, so I'll uh, be enjoying a bit of a break and gradually, I think after Christmas, getting back into a bit more of a running routine. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, maybe take a bit of a holiday, go down the beach. You know, not right do on. much of anything. You'll Smack be down. working. I'll be working. I'll mm. be working. Um, like I said, I'm going to take some time next year and give them a little bit less days because I've got I've got a few things coming from not only my agent but some colleagues that I've filmed with already. So I'll want to be spending more time there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just going to be like looking at my ultra training. Uh, I'm going to hopefully be 
You know, the main part of also why I want to take a little bit less time in giving, uh, take less time to go to Coles and deliver <laughs> is because I want to spend more time with Aaron. Like we yeah. haven't, we haven't had a lot of time in the past, like six to eight weeks because of the hectic schedules. And I'm like, not okay with that. So, yeah. um, you know, I want to spend more time with Aaron. I want to spend more time with Olivia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Cal's looking at you saying, what about me? Too? Oh yeah, right. Cal. Cal actually has his back turned to us right now. Yeah, Cal just completely ignoring us. He couldn't care less. Yeah. He's just fine to sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where we're at. That'd be good. Cause next event is your ultra in February. That's it. That's one thing I am going to be doing. I'm going to be catching up with the boys and working out our reverse timeline to Oxfam nice. at the end of March. So, nice. you know, three months training block, working out how much you can get done safely, smartly, um, so we can turn up and do that event. But, yeah. All right. Well, I guess then, look, everybody, you have a safe and happy whatever holiday it is that you celebrate. Yeah. And make sure that you, well, don't overtrain. Yeah, go do that. Go do, go do a nice long run and then enjoy the day. Exactly. And everything that goes with it. Exactly. You know, do what you need to do to let yourself just enjoy the enjoy day. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. Don't, don't be too hard on yourself. If you break your nutrition and you break your training, just... You know, enjoy time with your family. Use it as inspiration to get back on the horse. Exactly. Don't get on a horse if you're trying to improve your weight. It's Correct. not going to help. It's not going to help. No. You can race one, but I would recommend against that too. <laughs> well, look, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this final episode of 2021. 2021, yeah. I think that's where we're at. Of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We will catch you next year. <laughs>